Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. It is Friday, baby. The weekend is here. We've had a fun week of shows. We've got a big show lined up for you today. A lot of NBA playoff talk. Uh, we're going to do some NFL as the quarterbacks are getting paid. Uh, you know, guys are retiring to go into broadcasting to get paid. Uh, we got Kentucky Derby preview. I can't wait to hear Raja break down the, yes. uh, the field in that one to get the some curse of Apollo, right? I got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. Uh, but before we get started, I got to ask you. Yeah. So James Harden was not happy with a Utah Jazz fan, slapped the phone out of his hand for get, being called a flopper. Get that ish out of here. What? Yeah. So what would yeah. you have done? You, you would know have what? done the same it thing? Would, it would have been perfect had he like saw the cell phone, kind of changed his path, ran into the cell phone and flopped. Like <laughs> yes. that would have been better than smacking the phone. That would have been the, the only better way yeah. to do it. Yeah. Smacking the phone out of his hand. Like, I mean, you just open yourself up for, I thought it was kind of playful. Like if you really want to smack the phone out of somebody's hands, yeah. I'm going to smack, I'm going to break your phone. Right. Um, so I think it was kind of tongue in cheek, but look, I'm, I'm on record. Like I don't think fans, I don't think that was egregious. So James Harden, I think was in the wrong for smacking at it. Although I think it was playful, but I do think fans tend to cross the line a little bit more than, than, than people know, if you will, right? Cause they what think was the it's worst thing you ever did to a fan? Did you ever, did you ever MF a fan? <laughs> did you oh, ever yeah, get his yeah, You did. Yeah. No, but I, I never got in someone's face though. Like, so it could be physical altercation, but I MF the hell out of you. If you were, if you were giving me the business, I, so there was one guy, I think we were in Charlotte or somewhere and he was sitting there with his daughter. Um, and he was just like, he was laying into us with some pretty like, Bad stuff. With his daughter next with to him. With his daughter next to him. So, like, I turned around and, I, I mean, I looked at the little girl and I said, well, if he does it, well, f*** it. So, I just, <laughs> I gave him the business right in front of his daughter. And, you know, people were appalled with me. And my point was, like, bro, he's been doing it the entire game with the little girl sitting there. Like, why the hell am I worried about her? <laughs> All right. You know? All right. <laughs> What's the worst you ever flopped? <laughs> now, that's a, that's a tougher question. I don't know. Manu? <laughs> Manu and I had some some co-flops where... Yeah, that, that's like, the one that's – there's a gift of that one. Who's going to flop online? first? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, figure it out. All right, we got a special guest going to join us in a few minutes. But uh, before we do that, yeah, I, th- I have a feeling, too, this is going to be an episode where Debo is going to get a lot of work. Our producer here is going to have to bleep out a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I hope he's ready for a Friday. He'll have a work, his work cut out for him. Before we get to the Cavs-Raptors, though, I think it's a wrap. Yeah. I think I, it's – no, I'm not talking about this series. I'm talking about the whole thing. I think it's all going to be exactly what we thought it was before the season. It's going to be the Warriors, Cavs, and the Warriors are going to win in five. Like, it's a wrap. I, and I'm like, oh, did we just waste all of our time, like, thinking, oh, man, maybe the Sixers this year, maybe the Rockets. Oh, we, we come up with all these different themes that could contend. And I'm, it's a wrap. While I love doing this show with you, <laughs> right. right? the problem with doing this show, like, all the time is that it gives me an opportunity to kind of trend with what's happening in the NBA. Because from the beginning – like, I thought that the Cavs would get to the Eastern Conference. But right. they had their ups and their downs, and they yes. look so bad, and we're in here talking, and so my opinion will change from night to night. But if they're playing like this, they, uh, they're they the favorites in the East. Like right. it's, it's, if When LeBron is doing this, and when you're getting 31 from Kevin Love and a quality performance from some of the supporting cast, like, they are just about unbeatable in the East. I don't care what you do. I don't, Like, Boston's fantastic. I how many times do I have to say I was wrong about Boston? Like, if I was wrong about the first round. I, everybody was if, wrong about But if Boston. I was wrong about the first round. Right. And then for the second round, I actually said I think Boston is better. Do I always have to start by saying I apologize? <laughs> no, uh, no, no. No, you'll learn that in this But business. I still, even People having said forget. that, 
I think the Cavs are just like LeBron is LeBron. Yeah. He is LeBron. And, you know, while I thought Houston, and I still do if they're playing well, could beat Golden State, I don't, I don't know that they're clicking. They didn't look like a team that was hungry the other night. All right. So let's talk about what LeBron did in LeBronto, which was a great line. Like that would, like Mark Jones, who was broadcasting the game, if he can't, he's he's the one, he's a great dude. He lives in Miami, right? Yeah. Yeah, So if he, if he came up with his line, because I don't know if he did or not, but I know it started trending after he talked and he tossed it to break. His brother's a a, a Raptors uh, TV guy. Oh, so maybe that had something to do with it. Like maybe that was planted, but that was hilarious. Like people changing the sign, like there's a lit sign in Toronto and they changed it to LeBronto, had pictures of it. But if, if, and what's amazing is that he's actually maintaining this level of play where it's getting triple doubles or he's dropping 41. If you are 43 and if he starts hitting this fadeaway, like it's like, it's like uh, this all of a sudden comes out of his repertoire. Like that's indefensible. You can't defend that. Uh, you not, it's a terrible shot. <laughs> right. I mean, but it he's is sitting, it's almost like playground. Shot. Like he's messing with him. I mean, it, you, and when you're that good that you can make bad shots on the regular. Uh, or you've mastered. I mean, I guess you've, it's not a bad shot if you've mastered it. It's just, but you're right. It's absolutely indefensible. You cannot do anything with it. Um, made eight of them in the second half. And like from eight three, fadeaways. Like from, from three pointer, like three point fadeaways. It's, yeah. The one he hit, uh, I guess his shot clock was like at half of a second and he shot that thing moving hard to his left back across his body and it was just cash. It was, you know, that's something to behold. It's, it, it's, it's a helpless feeling when you're, when you're on the other team. And I don't know that. What's happening is necessarily like Toronto demons starting to creep in from series past. I don't, I don't think that's it. I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're, I don't think I've seen them say, you know, we damn, we just can't get over the hump. You know, we've, I think they're just, they were game in game one. You let that slip away. And now you're facing the realization that, that like LeBron is not like everybody else. Right. He's not. And so I don't think it's past stuff. It's, it's current. Yeah. Like we're, we, there's nothing that we can do with that. Did you hear what Tamar DeRozan said after the game? No. This is kind of comical. Listen to what he said at the post-game presser. Every single guy on this team, we thrive off adversity. You know, we, we, we've been in tough situations before, and, you know, sometimes when you put, put in a tough situation, that's what brings the best out of you. And that's what point we're at now. You know, like I said, it's the first team we went for. You know, we understand where we're at, and we're going to fight. I think a lot of things about the Raptors. I don't consider them a team that thrives on their adversity. <laughs> but if any, anything but. Like I think yeah. they're. I was we Debo and I were talking about before the show started. I was like, are they're the maybe the weakest mental, like mentally. Yeah. They're the weakest team in the NBA, and that they they had fifty nine wins in the regular season. I know. But this is when it matters. Like this is when it counts, and they look overwhelmed. Now you think it's more religious LeBron? I think it's LeBron. I. I and this is like people who are like NBA haters will say like. That's what, the regular season doesn't matter, right? Like you want eight, you want fifty nine out of eighty two games. You're getting smoked right now. Like it doesn't really matter. I, I, I like what he said though. I mean, because what else are you supposed to say? Yeah, you know, you're the leader of that team, and you got to sit up at that press conference, and you have to. There's got to be some kind of resiliency and silver lining, if you will. And and you've, I mean, it's not over. You still got to play. I do think that they're going to win a game in in Cleveland, and you I do. think I think that they're going to win a game in Cleveland. And I think they're going to win Game Five in Toronto. Uh, so I think it winds up being a what four two series. Yeah. Um. Cavs so I, at home. I don't think it's going to be a landslide, but I don't know that there's you know if the Cavs are the Cavs look like they're getting better. So DeRozan also said, and I I would tend to agree with this one. He said they have to be quote be some a holes and okay. grind it out, which yep. I think you do against LeBron. I think you do. You can't be 
You can't bow down to the king and be like, hey, this is the greatest ever and play his, pay respects to him while you're on the You, you have, have to, to disrespect him. him. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think he's spot on on that. There's one reason for me why I'm rooting for the Cavs in this one. It's because of Drake. Like he's <laughs> seriously like the face of their like they need an emotional leader. It can't come from Drake Not sitting from on the, the sideline. Yeah, like it can't come from him sitting courtside. So what he was actually Debo, he was actually warned by the NBA for foul language. Whatever that means. I don't know exactly. what they can do, but Yeah, good luck with that. That's one of those ones where you like you you accidentally like deflect the ball over in his direction yeah, yeah. and you just give it a full out like right. sprawling oh, like, into the first the row. The best to do it is in warm ups. Like if you're like that's what we used to do in football. Like Yo. if we're tossing the ball around, there was yeah. some report over there. You could airmail one just by like, hey, oh, you're on the bad. field. You gotta yeah. be paying attention. Like you, you get fined in the NBA though, because <laughs> no, I don't mean the ball. I mean you 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 tap a ball or you like the ball goes out of bounds over there and you just fake hustle your way so you've got to dive through his chest. Yeah. yeah. You know what I, I mean? Like, like, I like yeah. that philosophy. <laughs> All right, I think it's about to get heated in here, because we're gonna welcome in our guest. So we got Matty Hundo. Yeah. So what's your real name? I don't even know your real name. Are you allowed to say it? You... Matty Hundo's joining us. My name is Matt Baricelli. There you go. And you got a podcast now that you're crushing it on? Yes, sir. Keeping it a hundo. Keeping it a hundo right With there. Matty Raja's hundo. been a guest. Yeah, Matty, Matty Hundo and I go way back. Um, Matty Hundo was best friends with my sister's fiance back in the early 2000s. Um, Chris Campbell, he played for University of Miami. He was on their was it the last team to win a national championship? Yeah, yeah. Started um, for three years at linebacker. Yeah, and so he was, unfortunately, he lost his life in a car accident um, around Valentine's Day before they had a chance to get married. So Maddie and I became really close, and the family became close with Matt around that time. And so Matt's doing really cool things with keeping it a hundo. I got to be a guest, um, and I lost a bet. Because <laughs> I'm here to collect. Yeah, nice. I picked against the damn so Celtics. He could, call, he could hop on our podcast, Correct. promote his, go so go check it out. See, I was not aware that he was Hurricane, or I would have nixed this interview. Uh, like, this uh, would uh, not be happening right now. Let's keep but, in mind, I've had two FSU guests. Oh, you have? Yeah. So who Guys you know. Oh, who's who? Uh, a good friend of mine, EJ Manuel. Oh, yeah, EJ's great. And uh, EJ are gonna, and I are going to do some more work together. Awesome. And also uh, a teammate of yours, I believe. Uh, Zeus. Oh Hernandez. yeah. Hey Zeus. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. My guy. He used to live right next door to me. Yeah. Hey Zeus, a great dude. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. So the other reason it's going to get contentious, not only have some Seminole hurricane heat coming through this morning, yeah. but we also have a little Sixers Celtics rivalry because Debo's Sixers have completely <laughs> like, have, they haven't even shown up in this. Like, what is going on in this one? Uh, so the, the way I see it. Cause this I think has been one of the biggest shockers of the season. Yeah. The first game shocked me. Last last night, that wasn't a panic meter like level no, shock because the Sixers did exactly what I thought they needed to do last night was say, wait a minute, we need to wake up. Like we we slept, walked through game one, let's wake up, let's play ball, and they did that. And Boston, Boston hit their stride. It's a game of runs, and I love Brett, but he just he pooped his pants. Like he pooped his pants. You have to stop that. You burn. I don't. I saw his presser after saying, hey, I want to make sure I have the timeouts and. Look, every coach, I could I could play the result all I want. I could second guess it. When you're in the middle of that fire, sometimes stuff is going on and you're making decisions on the fly and things escape you. But there's no way you watch a 20-some point lead dwindle down to six or four without burning some timeouts. You want to stop momentum at any – you. that's house money now. You're sitting at a table like at how do you, do you I mean I'm not a huge gambler but like if I'm sitting at a table in Vegas and that table goes cold I don't sit there until I've given you <laughs> right, back $1000 like I get Whoa. up and leave yeah. and he didn't do that and so th- that that concerns me now because that was your opportunity and we talk about in the playoffs specifically when you have these opportunities to get a game and steal one you got to steal them and I feel like they you know they just they lost that last night and that could be what what 
you know, I could speak to the series. That could be it. So Ben Simmons was AWOL. Yeah. One point, 31 minutes. He was over four from the field. Here he is talking about it after the game. I think it was mainly what I did to myself. Uh, I think mentally I was thinking too much, overthinking the plays. and wasn't just, wasn't just out there flowing and playing the way I play, uh, which is free. And I think, you know, obviously they have a game plan. I know what that game plan is. I got to play my game. So, yeah, he struggles, um, but he's a baby. I mean, he's a, he's, you know, he's a rookie for all intents and purposes. I mean, he's a second year guy, but this is his first time around the block. And this is why I thought the Sixers would struggle originally when I told you that the Heat had a chance against him because there were a lot of guys like that on that roster. And so I, if I'm being honest, like I'm surprised that it's taken this long for one of them to struggle that mightily. Um, I'm gonna, I'd like, let, uh, please allow me because I want to open this up. I want to know what Matt, Matt's a huge, Celtics fan would be at all the games when we come to town and play Phoenix and whatnot. And you told me, and, and you said, it up, no doubt, but you told me that it wasn't just your, your Celtics fandom. Like, what is it about this team? Cause I have a hard right. time putting my finger on it. So I, I watch every game. I've seen every game this season. The Celtics take advantage of mismatches more than anybody. They, they exploit them. Philly hasn't done that. Simmons will have Terry Rozier on him in the post. They won't get him. They won't go to him. He took four shots last night. Yeah. That's Brett Brown. That's whoever's responsibility to get him the ball, call plays for him, demand the ball. I don't know. I don't know whose fault it is. But the other thing I see is Al Horford looks like a man among boys out there. He's running the whole show out there. I just missed. He's in charge of the court. You know they were talking about trading him midway through the season. Like he, (laughs) I was off. How about the young? We we talk a lot about the young talent on the Sixers. How about the young talent on the Celtics, which has come out and produced to the to the point that you just made. And this is what I found interesting last night is I didn't. They've got a lot of guys. They look like the quicker, faster team than Philly. When you look at that starting lineup, so they rolled out. Let's say JJ Redick. Um, you had uh Simmons, Ben Simmons at the point, Joel Embiid, Robert Covington, and Darius. And that's too big. It's too big. You, they've tried to match up the Celtics playing Redick and Bellinelli on Tatum. Absolutely ridiculous. It's a terrible it's, idea to even and, try that. And they're not known as defensive guys, right? And so unless you were going to just play bully ball, which the Sixers did for a while, mm-hmm. you know, they played bully ball. And, it, and it, when you play bully ball, it softens up a defense. Everything starts to shrink in. Like, if I'm two steps away from you guys as shooters, well, when I see my big getting manhandled in the post, I start to sink in. So now I'm three and a half steps away. That's all you need to get a quality look up. Um, and they went away from that, and they started just coming down as the Celtics got hot. Sixers come down shooting just awful threes, awful shots, at it, just pulling up, trying to play hero ball, and that's not the way you do it. But I want to go back to the point. Like the Celtics, every last one of those guys can beat you off the bounce. They can all shoot. And they can all beat you on the bounce. And it speaks to where the game is going, not just at the NBA level, is you have to be a versatile player. You have to have, you have to be able to do a lot. And so while I like to think that I would exist in this, in this NBA, I might not because I didn't have a lot of stuff off the bounce. Like I could shoot the ball, but I didn't really play make. And all of these guys can play make. And it's impossible when you're playing like guys that are smaller and quicker than you and you're out there on an island because everything is spread out and one, Inability to contain the ball at the point of penetration leads to a domino effect of passes and rotations, and now someone's sitting wide open for a three-point shot, and the Sixers got chopped up with that last night. So I feel like we're having a common theme. We're going to do this a little bit with the Utah-Houston series, which Houston gave back a game in that one, because it does feel like some of this, it's more to do with the mental aspect. Like we just heard Ben Simmons saying, mentally I was trying to do too much. Toronto, I think LeBron's in their head. Uh like, is that what's separating this? Is it home court? Like, is Boston that tough to play in where the Sixers aren't used to that? 
Y- yes. Well, and here's the deal. Like, I like to say let's not overreact, yet I'm sitting here overreacting because the Celtics haven't won a road Welcome game. Welcome to the business, Yeah, baby. I mean, they, they, <laughs> haven't, they haven't won a road game right. in the playoffs. And haven't lost at home either. Correct. And so I don't think that it's far-fetched to think that this will be back in Boston a 2-2 series. Mm-hmm. Um, I am te- I tend to always lean on the side of when you when you have a chance to get one, get one. Because like if I'm looking at it now, I would bet that the Sixers win game three. And then game four is going to be one of those where Boston will have a chance to steal it. And then it's up to them whether they, whether they swing the whole series and, or they do what, what, what Philly did last night and lose the game. And so, um, I think that younger players in general and role players, and if I'm being fair to Boston, although these guys are playing like stars, most of them fall within the landscape of the NBA as really, really role, really, really good role guys, right? Like, I mean, Tatum and Jalen Brown, maybe, but, Al Horford has been an all-star, but he's, he's usually like the number two or number three on your yeah. team, which, which by definition is kind of rollish, right? And the rest of the guys kind of the same. You're two stars, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie are on the bench. And guys like that will play fantastic at home where they can thrive off the energy of the crowd. Um, everything is the same. Their routines are normal. Um, adrenaline is riding at a high on the road. They tend to struggle. And th- so I think that'll be the theme through this series as well. And to that point, Wait till we go to Philly. Those Marcus Smart threes are going to start clanging off the <laughs> Right, right, right. 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 Yeah, right. hoping that. Right. Uh, yeah, but the same with young players, too. Not just role guys. So that's the same with kind of Philly, right? Yeah, right. Like, those guys at home are going to be way more comfortable. That kid, uh, Ben Simmons, is going to go banana cakes in game three. It's going to be a different – it'll be different for those type of players. They're going to force the issue with home. Simmons in game three. Yeah, for Side sure. Side note. Hope so, they don't force it too much. Though. So, Drake is the face of the Raptors. Kevin Hart's over there. He's taunting Celtics fans after, he, you know, they're up to We don't claim him. No, yeah. you don't? <laughs> Saying, who would you rather hang with, Kevin Hart or Drake? It's uh, a tough one, there, man. Uh, I think I'd probably, I, I might, probably Kevin Hart. I might want to hang with Kevin Hart only because, and he probably is as full of himself as Drake. But Drake <laughs> seems to be a dude who just loves some Drake. And yeah. I guess when you're that big of a like personality, like maybe everybody does. Right. But I like. I think Kevin Hart would be more. How fun. about this trio that they showed on the sidelines, Gucci Mane? <laughs> Robert Kraft and Meek all having a conversation. The what best. were they talking oh, no, about? Hold on a second. Time out. Because <laughs> I don't think all three were having a conversation. I think Gucci oh, Mane and, and Meek yeah. were having a conversation. Robert Kraft was like, hey, can I hang out with you guys? Like, that's what his face looked like. And then he also looked like he was totally lost. Like, he looked like he was looking at spaceships through the night. Like, what? he was just out there. What is the deal? Like, I don't, don't know. Robert Kraft is trying to be the coolest owner in, in the NFL. Yes, That's yes, what he's everyone. trying to do. He's trying to get that. All right. I teased it just a second ago. Yeah. Rockets, Jazz. We saw that series tied up one-to-one. Yeah. Any concern for the Rockets or is that yeah. just – Yeah, <laughs> so legitimate. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Jazz are another team of guys that can really, like, spread you out and dance with the ball. They can all shoot. And so Houston – Struggle. Mike D'Antoni, I, you know, I love Mike D'Antoni gets killed because he just really oversimplifies stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he said we kind of got lulled and he got killed for it. We got lulled to sleep, but they did. They came out in game two like this was going to be a cakewalk and the Jazz are tough. There's OKC is not great, but they're not bad. And the Jazz like decimated them. So, you know, you can't come out here in the playoffs against anybody that's earned their way into round two and think that you're going to roll the ball out there and you're just going to cakewalk. And that's what Houston did. I, I think Houston wins. I think they figure it out. But if they're sleeping again in game two, this gets interesting. I mean, game three, it mm-hmm. gets interesting really, really quickly because Utah is the toughest place to play in the NBA. It's ridiculous. Really? 
It's ridiculously hard to play there. Um, for one reason or another, like altitude speaks for itself. Oh yeah, I know one thing. They have the way the court's built. They don't have the regular floor seats. Yeah. So the the, the seats go down right like, on top uh, of it, like a college court. Yeah, it's right on top of you. It's loud. Um, and just traditionally, I mean, from when the time I came in the NBA in 2001, going into that building and playing, it's it's like it's a tough, tough, tough place to play. And so, the rest cheat while you're there. Yeah. Not just joking. <laughs> joking. Throw that in there, a little sidebar. Uh, Warriors, Steph Curry comes back the other night. He yeah. drops 28. He comes off the bench. He looked – I think Steve Kerr – like I think he could have come back two weeks ago and they took the – which was the exact right thing to do. And yeah. now he's like 100%. Like I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think they're going to coast through this one. Do you think the Pelicans can do anything when they can take it back? Yeah. I think they could win a game. Yeah. But, I mean – Right, exactly. I think it's, that's, I think all, a, that's essentially all it would be. It's would a be formality. Uh, I really wanted to talk to you about this because this yeah. happened a couple nights ago. Charles Barkley, he's watching. They're doing the halftime studio show on TNT. Yeah. They're watching video of Draymond go out at with Rondo. They're chirping back and forth. Yeah. And he goes, man, somebody needs to hit him in the face. Yeah. And he's talking about it. He said, and they were going back and forth laughing about it. Did you have any problem with Barkley saying that from a studio? No. Me neither. Like, People were upset at Charles Barkley. Why? He had to apologize for it last night, which did I thought he, was he a apologized? joke. Yeah. Did you hear his apology though? No. What did he say? Because I only he read said it I shouldn't have said it, but I still mean it. <laughs> I love just like the ultimate hey, non-apology fantastic. apology. You need to get him on your podcast. Yeah. We need to try to get Chuck <laughs> exactly. on the podcast because some of the stuff he might say. Who do you have this week? This week, yeah, biggest guest I've ever had, Riddick Bow. Oh my oh, god, like big dad, like literally the biggest. Yeah, yeah literally yeah. and figuratively. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's nice. awesome. Well, wait a sec. You had Rajon. Rajon's bigger. Stuff. Nah, not really. That's, that's heavyweight. He's heavyweight champion. He's giving right. up a few pounds. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Um, no, I didn't have a problem with it. But, so, but what's ridiculous is that, it, like, why? Are, like, people were upset today. He's promoting violence. Like, come on. It's oh, a role geez. he's playing. He's talking trash. World exactly. Right now. Don't like. It was just. It's entertainment value. It's even if he did. Like, and if you did say from a point of somebody on their team needs to punch him in the face, like, I'm okay with that, too. I'm 100% okay with that. Yes. He's keeping it a hundo. He's keeping yes. it a hundo. That's correct. Yes. Keeping yes. it a hundo. And listen, this is what the dude, Draymond Green, if, if you can read lips, like, he was yelling, he was calling whoever he was yelling at a, a bitch. Like, and he was screaming it at the top of his lungs. Like, and when when you're in a fraternity like that, right? Like the NBA. I don't know about the NFL. The NFL doesn't seem as fraternal. Maybe it speaks to the numbers, the sheer numbers yeah. of guys that come in and out. They're not guaranteed, so you typically don't see the same guys year in and year out all the time. Um, unless they're stars, right? Yeah. Um, you don't disrespect people like that. You don't. Like, you, 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 you're not going to be – like, you could yell and scream and, yeah, I'm beating you. Like, there's a level of intensity. Right. But Draymond yells some real disrespectful stuff, some real, like – some real personal well, you know disrespectful what? stuff. It's like he, you know, how I said I blacked out with Kobe. Mm-hmm. Draymond seems to like black out at times where he like doesn't, like he's just bugging out. And so like when you do that, bro, like you, you're lucky. You're you're probably luckier that you're you're in today's NBA because if you're in the NBA with Chuck, with like Antonio and Dale they Davis, with Charles Oakley, like they shut you up. It, right. It's not about like when you see me hit me type like Draymond. Look, those dudes were. They were real, and they let them do it back then. Well, I think that's the difference in the NFL, too. There's a ton of trash talk that goes on, but you're going to have to get hit in the face. You know I mean, you're, Correct. You're, you're going to get you smacked can't, yes, inside right. the head. You get to There's get no, hit. Like, the, the, the kind of the craziest thing I saw unfold was the Crab, uh, Michael Crabtree Akeem Tlaib. When Akeem Tlaib kept yakking, grabbing yeah. his chain. Yeah. Like, I had never seen anything like that, but that was because they're DBs and wide receivers. Like, they're small on the outside. But I couldn't believe the level of disrespect that went on there. And Crabtree really never did anything about it. I know. Like, that's that, what, that one like, was That's why he kept doing it. Right. Uh, speaking of the NFL, 
another quarterback got paid. We saw it's Good funny because the 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 highest paid player in the NFL history, like that title, just lasts for a couple months. The way we're redoing these deals, uh, who was it before Matt Ryan? Oh, it was Kirk Cousins. Kirk who had Cousins just signed and with Matt the Stafford before that. Matt Stafford yeah, like behind. Eight-time so, Pro Bowler. So right? now it's Matt Kirk Ryan. Cousins? No, hey, my bad. Hey, my, hey, bad. Hey, my bad. My worth bad. It. Top ten quarterback. <laughs> he's worth it. So Matt Ryan gets paid from the Falcons. This yeah. is all, all these are only a matter of time. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to be next. He's yep. due. So he gets a hundred million guaranteed. The deal's five years, one hundred fifty overall. Ooh. He's 32, which is a little bit surprising, yeah. but now guys are playing in their 40s, so right. you're like, all right, that's cool. I think I think he's going to have an MVP-type season this year. Dude. He already had it two years Why? ago when they went because the weapons that he's got. Like, a lot of it has to do with the weapons right. he's got. I, and I also think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks. Like, people always, for whatever reason, they doubted him. He's been consistently – he's always produced. Yeah. But he has – he's got Julio Jones – they just brought in Calvin Ridley. Yeah. They got Freeman and Coleman in the backfield. They got Muhammad Sanu also at wide receiver. He's got a good offensive line, and they like to throw it all over. Like, yeah. he has a ton of weapons around him. So I think – and the reason I think the drop-up was they had a new offensive coordinator and Steve Sarkeesian after Kyle Shanahan left. Right. And there's going to be a learning curve while Sark learns how what plays he likes and what adjustments to yeah. make. I think they're going to be right back to that to that MVP-type uh, season. No, that's cool. I, I like to see uh... – I like to see the, the, the steady hand, if you will, of Atlanta. Like in today's landscape of sports, it's panic if a guy doesn't get you over the hump, like right away. Even if right. he took you to the Super Bowl and like it's panic and we got to look for the, I like the fact that they know what they got. They're invested in it and they're going to keep, you know, they're going to keep things steady. There's always something to be said for like consistency when you're dealing with, with sports and running organizations and the flip flopping of, of, like front office and quarterbacks and point guards and like it, it, it's hard to be stable when everything around you is unstable. Like I feel like some people put him in the Joe Flacco category and I'm like, what? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me right. whatsoever. Like it wasn't his fault they blew the 28-3. Right. But if he would have won that Super Bowl, I feel like people would have had no problem with this contract. Right. Uh, all right. What's, uh, what's going on? Debo, you got here's what's Here's happening? what's happening oh. with Hannah. Oh, what? Nice Debo. <laughs> Miss you, Hannah. Uh, so Shout hard out, to Hannah. fill the void in many ways left by Indomitian Sue, but that'll be the challenge for new Dolphins defensive lineman Akeem Spence, Miami acquiring the sixth-year pro from Detroit yesterday for an undisclosed 2019 draft pick. The swap came just hours after Spence had agreed to restructure his contract with the Lions. Uh, it, Sue is one of the most talented guys in the NFL. But it, he mailed it in for the Dolphins once he got paid. So I'd rather have oh, a player. He did not mail it he in, He absolutely man. mailed it in. Come on. What are you guys, boys? Do you this work out been together? A no, I don't even know. It has been one, right? No, I just know. Go, 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 go. No, but he would he would pick his spots. Yeah. And you can't do that. Like you, He would take off entire series. Right. And he'd be out there. Now he'd be saying, hey, I'm getting double teams. You still have to try. I'm going to defer to your, your <laughs> professional opinion. No, it's pretty widely held, too. Okay. Like he got busted on film. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, so Tiger. Yeah. Hannah's not here, but Tiger's back in action at the Wells Fargo Championship. Even after round one, he's six shots behind leader John Peterson. Tiger, who has had success at Quail Hollow in the past, said this golf court is a lot harder than when he played it last. He's messing with the greens, right? He's around par. He's, there was the leader was six under. Yeah. I just, I hope he makes the cut again. Like for Tiger, I think it's a process. Like I think yeah. we expect him to come back and just compete. I'm just glad he's, in the mix, he's out there. He's finishing tournaments. Hopefully, he makes the cut in this one. Yep. And it's just a process. It'll take time. Drive, one of I, these weeks. I didn't see though, the whole round. Well, I didn't either. But one of these weeks, he's going to get hot. He's it was a struggle on the. He ground. hasn't been hot yet. Driver looked good. Yeah. He's got new irons in the bag, and they didn't look awful. Um, he was in and around the hole a little bit more than I had seen him. Um, those greens were they were tricky. They said it had dried out. They they were running like 
I don't know, like it was 12, 13 or something like that. Like yeah. they were moving and there was a lot of discoloration. So I, you, you could see where the grain had changed on them and so on. Like, so there were a few putts that I watched. I was flipping like to TiVo while these games were at like halftime or at their breaks. And then I go back and there were, the commentators were even saying at times, like he's going to get fooled on, or they'll get fooled on this one because of the, so, but I agree with you. Hadn't got hot. Um, just keep trending, bro. That's you all know I why I didn't watch keep it. Keep trending because I was out playing golf. Oh, Seminole you mofo. Golf Club up in West oh, there was Beach. a wasn't there a tournament? Was it a? Oh, you were at Seminole. Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> That's why I didn't get to call it, bro. Seminole, bro. You gotta work it out. We'll get you up there. Tiger gonna win the 2019 Masters. Tweet it now. <laughs> yeah, Tweet it now. And lock it up. And pin it now. Favorite on. part of here is what's happening for the past two months and I guess for the next month. Hockey talk shaping up to be a very competitive and lengthy second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Shippy. The Pens, very chippy. The Pens even things up with the Caps 2-2. Two to two. The Preds do the same with the victory over the Jets. It's reflected in the odds. All eight remaining teams are bunched between 4-1 and one and 10-1 and one to win the Cup. Natty, what you got on Matty this? Matty Hundo, what do you got for us? Hockey talk. I know less than Raj. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I know, which is probably, a lot, which is a lot. And that's probably more than me. I think, <laughs> but it is rare, though, that you grow up in Boston like yeah. with the hockey culture and not be a hockey fan, with right? With that said, my dad was a, is a big Bruins yeah. fan, so I knew all the players when I was a kid. I got you. I got <laughs> haven't haven't <laughs> watched the go. game since like no, 1990. No, like no bean pot. Like you, you weren't I went in to a, one bean pot. One bean pot. Yep. Oh, nice. Bruins in action. Are we really getting requests from listeners? Are off the wait bench till warmers? wait till five star Q and A. Got to be a like little, a running joke, a now, right? Exactly. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, one away from Mister Pujols becoming another Mister Three Thousand. Albert Pujols a. Two-run double in the Angels' 12-3 Thursday victory over the Orioles puts him at 2,999 career hits. Pujols could become the 32nd player in history with 3K, but just the fourth with both 3,000 hits and 600 home runs. Boom. It's pretty big numbers. I mean, anytime he's got to have that type of milestone, is pretty yeah. special. I've, have you ever met Albert Pujols? No. He spent some time here in the offseason. I played golf with him a couple times. Really good dude. Although I've been kind of bummed since he's since he left St. Louis, just hasn't kind of got the big payday. I don't know what it has to do with. Oh, he didn't shut it down. Just, <laughs> no, no, he didn't I, shut it down. Maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's in no, there. No, you know what? what? Go, no, go, go. No, no, And Dominican Pujols. And Dominican Pujols. You asked me if it moved the needle for me, and I don't. I don't watch baseball normally until the playoffs, but I watched him last night. Like I was tuned in, um, and I was watching to see, you know, in those late at bats if he'd get number three thousand. So it did move the needle a little bit. I can talk about Mookie Betts. Move. Oh, yeah. Move. He's like, he's like baseball and home oh, runs, right? Fire. Yeah. yeah. He, he's had all these multiple home run games. He broke the Red Sox all-time record. I was at a game last year against the Indians, and he had three home runs. Yeah. Like, it was insane. And, like, he just keeps going. I guess that's the definition of streaky, right? Yeah. You find that zone, when and you're he's there. locked in. He is. Uh, let's go deeper into baseball. Okay. Raja's good Glad we got Maddie here. So, Ichiro... Who spent time with Marlins? Yeah, he started with the Mariners. Uh, there was a great piece in the ESPN the magazine okay. by uh, Wright Thompson. It was fantastic. Followed him over to Japan, like went through this uh, the rigors of his off season workouts. Like the guy's a nut. Yeah, like the type of meticulous detail. Like would hit the same amount of baseballs every single day, no matter if he had to show up at midnight. Like he would go to out get to the cages. Yeah, he yeah. would do it. So he he has this. He's forty four, right? Yeah. He's forty four years old. Wanted to keep playing. Didn't know if he was going to sign. Seattle signs him. So he comes back, but now he's transitioning to role of special assistant to the chairman of the Mariners. But he's not retiring. But he's not going to play, right? He's just no, he's off the active roster for this entire year. But to start next year, the Mariners start in Japan, which everybody thinks he's going to play those two games. 
retire in front of his home country, home fans. Oh, that's cool. Special moment. So that's cool. I think this. I think the reason you talk about Ichiro is I think the impact he's had on Major League Baseball because he was one of the first guys who came over from Japan and actually had success and translated, which opened up the door for all these huge signings that were that we've seen in the last five to ten years yeah. from Japan, where he kind of legitimate legitimatized. Is that the word? Legitimized. Legitimized. Or legitimatized. I, just, I added a couple syllables in that one. <laughs> but he, but he actually, but he, yeah. abs- like he was he the ambassador. Changed the game. Yeah. yeah. Like I think he, I think that was the impact he had on the sport. So oh, like guys like Shohei Itani, I think years ago, like before Ichiro, people would have said, nah, there's no way a two-way player. Like he's not going to produce. And maybe you give him a small amount, just give him a tryout. Yeah. Now these guys are getting guaranteed, guaranteed Before they do money. anything. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm trying to think of who his equivalent would be like in the NBA that started the, the uh, legitimacy Manu. of the Euro. Yeah, Manu Manu was one of the first pioneers of like Euro being like a mega Euro, Dirk. Dirk. Yeah, Dirk. Dirk, I would um, say. Because back then we had like Rick Smiths and all those guys, but yeah. they weren't. Um, but I, look, um, I think it's really cool that they're going to try to figure this out. I'm always for players and front offices trying to work together to do what's right for everybody. And that situation that you kind of articulated, keeping him in the organization, um, think about the type of, like the type of work ethic and habits that he could help young players with just being in the clubhouse, yeah. teaching them how to be professionals and how to perfect their craft and, and the dedication that it takes to, to sharpen those skills. So having him there is invaluable for an organization, but them also doing right by him and maybe allowing him to retire like, yeah. in front of the Japanese crowd. Like that's a win-win. Yeah. And like sometimes having been in, in these like front office meetings, both as a player and as an executive, like they become contentious and it becomes like, I got to beat you or you got to beat me way too often. It becomes that. When it could become like, look, what works for everybody and good organizations. I mean, I don't know that Seattle is, but I'm, I'm glad they figured it out like that. All right. Let's do some take it or leave it. Take word. it or leave it. JT Daniels. You know what JT Daniels is? I don't either. Yep. So he is a five star 2018 quarterback recruit from California. Number two pro style quarterback in the country. All right. So he's in a rush. Oh, from Matter Day, huh? Yeah. yeah oh, they're, still, yeah. oh yeah. they're one of the best like yeah. programs. A second to St. Thomas. Shout out to my wife. From oh. I got to give them some love. <laughs> no, they are one of the best high school programs, and they've been there for a while. So he is skipping a full calendar year of high school to complete two academic years within one to get on the field at USC a year early. So he graduates the end of May. I don't love He'll it. Be, I hate it. Yeah. Why? And I... I I What's just don't understand this mindset. I mean, like high school was supposed to be a time supposed to have fun. Like, and I get it. I remember like being ready to get to college, but I also had a blast my senior year, like yeah, getting yeah. senioritis, like not going to class a lot, but like enjoy your youth. I get maybe you want to be in the NFL. I get you want to be a, you know, a college quarterback, but to speed up the process, you're just going to miss out on so many like key memories and part of maturing and growing up. Yeah. Especially in a sport like football where. I left high school as 6'5", 180. After my freshman year, like I was 17 years old. And so after my freshman year when I was 18 years old, I was like 6'5", 197. So like there was a lot of maturing that happened after my freshman year of of college. Like I could not imagine having gone into college as a damn high school junior. I was like 6'5", 170. Like my body wasn't ready. And let's not even talk about mentally whether I was capable of handling the rigors of like college. And as a parent. Like, I'm lobbying for, like, if I'm reclassing one of my kids, I'm keeping them back a year. Me too. Like, I want more time with them. I was held back. Uh, yeah. Younger. I was, like, kindergarten or first grade right. or whatever. But I but I was glad my parents did because it allowed me to mature a little it bit happened, more. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right? But let me ask you this. 
Let me yeah. ask you this. If it's basketball, and there, because I think with football it's different because you're going to get hit, it's more physical sport, yeah. and then you still have to wait. If it's basketball and you see guys reclassifying so they can get that payday earlier, does it make more sense to you? It does because physically you're, you're not subjecting yourself to getting just completely jacked up. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get hit like that. But still you're missing out on the high school Yeah, experience. I know. And here's so what, let's, let's talk about the yeah. mental aspect and that aspect of it. I talked to Andre Drummond about yeah. it, and he said he – he was a baby when he got in the league. Yeah. And he said he wishes he did have more time in high school and he kind of regrets yeah, I doing don't, that so I, early. If I don't that love good, it. The money's probably still going to be there. I don't love it. But what I see, like what I see like kids doing, a lot of kids, especially it's prevalent in like real high level basketball. Like we see it even in the fifth grade now. Kids are held back really early. They're held back. So you wind up with like, let's say my team, like my son Dia, right? Is on a fifth grade team. He turned 11 two days ago. He's playing against 12 kids, 12 turning 13 next month in fifth grade because they've already been reclassed. So if you wind up going all the way up to like 11th grade and you're one of the top kids in the country, but you should be a 12th grader, I've got no problem with you reclassing again mm-hmm. and skipping because for all intents and purposes, like you're supposed to be there anyway. That's what you see happening with basketball. I can't speak to football, but some of these kids that are skipping their senior year should be seniors anyway. You know, so it's yeah. not like they're really just skipping the year. All right. What about, so take it or leave it on this one. High schoolers jumping to the pros in basketball will have a higher success rate this time around. So Take new, it or leave so it. So the new College Basketball Coalition, they recommended the change. The yep. NBA said they're going to do it. It's just a matter of time. So in a couple of years. Do you think we'll see more success or less success than we saw last time? Because uh, you had some great, like LeBron. Yeah, pretty good example. Like, there have yeah, been a lot of Kobe, home run, Kobe, Kevin KG. Garnett. Yeah. Like, but you also had a tremendous amount of bust as well. I think it'll be the same. I do. I think it depends on what the talent decision. looks like, right? Yeah. Like who, who the kids are. But I think what you will see is people more invested in their success. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if they come out and the coalition says, look, this is something that we need to do. Like I think the infrastructure for those kids to succeed is going to be better. They're going to have more support there for them. They're going to recognize that a lot of them weren't ready coming in and not all of them were KGs and LeBrons and, and uh, Kobe's. And so I think there's going to be – a better fallback um, infrastructure for some of those kids. I think one of the things they could really do to help this, this situation is if a guy gets drafted and he's not drafted as high as he thought, kick him back in. Let him go back to baseball. Let him go back to college. I'm Absolutely. with you 100. Why punish the kid? The yeah. Exactly. And a lot of times they get bad advice from agents, from family members, yeah. and then let him go to college. You know, like, but this is a different story. But the kid from Miami that just came out, uh, Lonnie was, Walker, was it? Uh, no, not Hugh Lonnie. Or Bruce no, Brown. this is football kid. Oh, oh. Which one of them didn't go? Did he not go, or he went way, way, way late? Like he got bad the NFL advice. draft. Yeah, one of these. Um, Chad Thomas went in like the third round. What's the other kid's name? Mark Norton was it? Oh, Ken Norton? Kendrick Norton. Kendrick Norton, like seventh round or something like that. Like, right. you, your camp is all you've got. You know, the sidebar. Quentin Flowers played at University of South Florida. Uh-huh. Um, I, my son was out there working with his quarterbacks coach yesterday. He trained Quentin, right? Oliver Bozeman, really good dude. Got quarterback down here. Seriously, nice. he's, he's dope. But um. I asked him, I said, hey, man, what's up with Quentin? Like, where did he wind up going? He said he didn't get drafted. I was like, okay, where, where's he going to camp? He was like, Bengals. I said, is that, uh, is that a good look for him? He was like, nah. I said, well, who they got a quarterback? They got Andy Dalton and who else? He was like, bro, they're not even taking him in as a quarterback. Like, they're bringing him in, and, and he's working out at, at running back and receiver. And this is the point. I know it's a long story. I said, why? He said he got terrible advice. His agent is awful. It's a young guy just trying to make his name, and he just wants him in camp. And – for some of these young guys, especially kids coming out of high school, who you have in your camp and whether they're a trusted 
like person and can give sound quality advice is everything. So if they pick the wrong one because right. them or their family don't know better, don't punish them. It happens all the time. Yeah. And guys get their career path goes completely different directions. Completely. All right, next up. Take it or leave it. The Knicks avoided further disaster by hiring David Fisdale. Take it. I'll take it. Take it. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like David Fisdale. He's got a really solid reputation around the league, correct? Yes, really yeah. good dude. Um re- really good coach, but really good dude. And there's a difference. Like you want a guy who can relate to those guys. Um, that guys want to work for, that guys trust. Um, respect. Yeah, respect, all of that. And so I think he is that guy. But if I'm being honest, a, a little left on the bone, a little meat on the bone there in terms of proving that he can that he can succeed as an NBA head coach. I, I think he will though. All right, next up. Take it or leave it. Debo, you're gonna have to help me here. Luca, come yeah. on. Luca Donkic. Donkic. Yeah. His decision not to work out for teams leading up to the draft will hurt his status as a possible top draft pick. Take it. You do take it. I do take it. Take it. Um, now not that he'll be like a top six or whatever he's projected to be, but the, that number one potential pick, like I think his, his potential number one draft status, like is, is in jeopardy because no one knows. Like now, the GMs have been over there and they've seen him a bunch. They've been over there. They watch him work out. But like when this process starts taking place, people fall in love with what they've seen like lately. You know. Mm-hmm. So like if I've got Maddie, Danny, and Debo, and it's kind of a toss up between all three of them, and Maddie comes in and wows me with the workout, and Debo comes in and wows me with the workout, and Danny says, "Hey, you know, I'm good. I'm not coming in." A lot of people are going to go with what they saw last and which amazed them, provided you're wrestling between like all three of them. And I think he's going to have that effect a little bit. You mentioned the other day, I never got the chance to ask you, you drafted Wiggins. You were in the front office at that point, right? No, I oh. came that year. No, no, no. I, I was there. I was consulting. So I watched Wiggins work out. I took him out to dinner and all that kind of stuff, but I wasn't in the draft room that night. I was, uh, I was just flying back and forth. But they took some of your time. input. Like they asked you what you thought. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. loved it. I thought because it at that point in bead, was supposed to probably be the number one pick, got hurt in pre-draft workouts, didn't get a chance to showcase everything. I, so he Ultimately, probably not the right probably decision. Probably hurt him. But as, as it pertained to the Cavs, I was supposed to go up and watch Embiid work out, but I had a conflict with my kid's schedule, and they said it was the best workout they had ever seen from a seven-footer like that. Maybe yeah. one of the best workouts they had ever seen, period. Didn't Jaleel Oakford not work out for the Sixers? I thought that was a – remember he didn't want to go there? When there's something going on with him, he's trash. So. <laughs> <laughs> Still bitter. Still bitter. All right. Well, take it or leave take it. Take it or leave it. The Suns have a bright future and won't suffer a long rebuild. I'm going to leave it. Leave it. I, I do think the Suns may have a bright future. Uh, I think they have James Jones there in the front office now, a really good friend of mine who's like really cerebral. Um, has experience on a lot of different style of teams, so probably knows exactly, you know, what, what they need to plug in there to help. I just don't think it's going to be as quick as, as maybe like you may have just alluded to in the question. Right. I think their, their future is bright. I think they'll build it right, but it might not be immediate. Cool. All did right. you play for that coach, that new coach, Igor? Oh, Igor Koska. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, he was an assistant there. Um, he was there with, uh, Goran Dragic, like a really good dude, a really good coach. He's going to be really good, I believe. Um, so that's why I think they're going to be, they're, they're on the upswing. I just don't know that it's going to be immediate. All right. Let's do some picks and props. Picks and props. What the greatest. Two minutes in sports, maybe. I mean, they, they toss that around a lot. Yeah. It might not be the greatest two minutes in sports, but the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. I have the odds in front of you guys. I want you to give me your selection based on your expertise or just the name. Yeah. I loved Audible, but Kim coming out of the five post, I was a little bit worried about him. 
This was a tough spot in the Derby. <laughs> Keep going. Not eat a horse no, that's racing. About all I could do. There's who's the, is it? Justify is the one everybody's talking about. Yeah, yeah. I Favorite. Would, I always go with the names, which is kind of lame. Yeah. Um, who do you like, Raja? I'm gonna go with uh, Magnum Grom Moon. Game running. So I'm going Magnum Moon. <laughs> Surprised you didn't go with Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn. Is he named yeah. after the guy from uh, Bloodline? Blood. Oh, Ben Mendelssohn. Oh yeah. Mendelssohn. Four true. to one. Four to one. That yeah. So you going, going Justify? Moon. I'm going Magnum Moon. Ooh, yeah, I'm going with Bolt de Oro. Bolt de Oro. <laughs> I'm going Vino got? Rosso. Vino, Vino Rosso. Right. Vino Rosso. Got keep it in the family. There you go. All right, a couple NBA games for Friday night. The Lions, maybe not as big as expected. So we got the Pelicans, four and a half point underdogs against the Warriors. Can the Warriors cover this, Raja? Um, yes, the Warriors will cover. They'll win by. Eight. But the Pelicans, you think, still might get a win? Pelicans aren't going to get a win tonight. Okay. I think they could, but I don't think they In will. In the series. In the series, I think they might get a win. They might I might out. take this one. I might take They're the Pelicans get one. on this one. They're going to get They're one. Gonna get I one. Think, wouldn't, it, wouldn't you expect it to be the home opener? Right. So I Plus like 170 that. on the money line. Ooh, I kind of like that. Boom. There you like got that. it? Yeah. All right. The other down. one, Rockets minus four. Rockets minus four. So Coming Rockets back off the Utah. Loss, I kind of like that. I got them. I'm taking the Rockets to cover that. You like it for you Utah? You said it was the tough. No, I like the Rockets in that one. Even though you just said Utah is the toughest play in the NBA, which I think is the shocker of this podcast. So be, it's but because they're coming off a loss. Dog, like Mike D'Antoni's offense, if they hit stride, like if those guys take it personal, like we used to when we didn't look good, they are going to be like it's going to be raining. Question for you, Raj. In, in, uh, Watching the game the other night, yeah. The way that Donovan Mitchell's defending James Harden, have yeah. you noticed? They shaded him. He's like, just shading him like completely. He was trying like, to run through him and Dante Exum's chest, like they're just sitting on that left hand. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah, know why I mean, more people don't do that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Maddie, you had Riddick Bell on the podcast today. Yeah. Your podcast. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit of boxing. This definitely not one of compares to Riddick's best matches. Uh, but Triple G. Minus 3,000 versus Vanis Martirosen, plus 1,100. Any value there? <laughs> I don't see any value there. I'm taking Triple G. So you would, so Jay, all right, I'd have to bet three grand to win what? 100, 100 bucks. bucks. 100 bucks. That's <laughs> yes. what minus 3,000 yeah. is, huh? So it does means pretty much avoid it, Jesus. right? Jesus. Yeah. And he's not losing. And he's not right. losing. So. Not Bo Holyfield. No, no. no. <laughs> all right, um, a couple props here. So what's higher? How much the amount of money Ty Lue finds Cavs players each time they bite on a DeMar DeRozan pump fake, which is $100, so awesome. or how much it. you would personally be fined, and this is up to you guys, if someone spit on you like Sidney Crosby apparently did the other night against the Cavs, would you be, I mean, if, oh, forget it. Would, would you react at all? Oh, so that means a fine. So I'm usually, I don't have a big temper. Right? I never really lost it in games. You could say anything you want about my mom. Like yeah, anything. Yeah, like yeah, I just, like, it just kind of went, if you spit on me, I'm losing it. Like we're throwing, I don't care if it's was Warren Sapp, I'm just going to scrap it. I'm going to either get my butt kicked, but yeah. I am not letting that go. Just, oh, that's not happening. That's one of those where the end of the, the end of the fight is not the issue. It's the fight itself must take place. You spit on someone. That's so like yes. the ultimate no-no, right? Like that's worse disrespect. than biting, yeah. Yeah. clawing, whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, so in Oakland, John Gruden has essentially replaced Reggie McKenzie in the front office. It's come out in addition to his role as head coach. Over in Cleveland, we learned that John Dorsey, their general manager, just selected Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield with two of the top four picks in the draft. He wears a different brown sweatshirt every day of the week. So the prop here, what's higher, the Raiders wins in 2018 or those seven brown sweatshirts that John Dorsey owns? Seven days a week or five days a week? Seven. I think it matters. Uh, I think seven. it matters. 
seven. Man, I think it's probably even. But I think the Raiders are going to be all right. Their division's not too strong right now. You got a new quarterback, uh, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas. They've been good. I think that's still very much up in the air how that plays Their out. Their Vegas over under is set at eight. I, it was. I thought it was much lower than that. The, the Raiders. I would. I because I think I would tend to. I thought it was lower. I was going to say right. eight wins. I think eight wins. Yeah, I, I think eight. That. I think yeah. eight too. I think yeah. that's reasonable to think. All right. So this one. Did you see this the other day? Patrick Beverly's mom appeared on Price is Right and had a, one of the all-time appearances. <laughs> Did you really? Winning over 41000 hit the dollar, hit the 100 oh, This guy passed out. She won two cars. What? So the, the prop here, <laughs> what is higher, the number of cars Patrick Beverly's mom won on Price is Right or the number of years Doc Rivers still coaches the Clippers who Beverly currently plays for? Patrick Beverly's mom yeah. winning cars. This is a make-or-break year for Doc. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't see – how playing in the Western Conference, you're going to have this amount of success that's going to save your job. No, uh, they'd have to have a complete reshuffling of the talent deck, uh, and this offseason is going to. Didn't they already really have already done that? Though? No, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, they, they started the shuffling process. Now right. they got to round out their hand, right? right? They got to figure Which out. It takes time, yeah. and I don't think they're going to want to do that yep. with Doc. All right, so this one, it came out a little bit more soccer talk, but LeBron, he initially paid for his stake in Liverpool six and a half million dollars. It's now worth $32 million. Damn. LeBron's got the golden touch, man. He gets in the Beats by trade, the Apple Blaze deal. Pizza. Yeah, he's yeah. got Blaze. He's got all these deals. Just delicious. Have you had Blaze yet? No, is it good? It's delicious. It is It's, it's the it? best uh, chain pizza place I've ever had. Really? It's really good. I was good. this close to investing in it. Really? really? Yeah. So and then your fastest boy growing. went with the other you one that's floundering. Yeah. You do? Yeah. There you go. Talk to me. LeBron. I need ground floor, though. I need full, like. <laughs> I'll tell you about it after the show. So that I initial investment. Yanni the handyman. Yanni the, oh, okay. <laughs> that initial investment, six and a half million minus two million is the prop versus what we expect Jason Witten's Monday night football salary to be. So that's four and a half. Yep. Um, I think it's under. I think because he's not Peyton Manning, because he wasn't Tony Romo, like he doesn't have the huge name. They'll pay him good money, but 3. I don't 5. think it's going to – Yeah, I think it's probably around there, three and a half, four million. Got to so entice him with something to come. That is a yeah, but he was only going to make two million right. with the salary, so they don't have to bump him up. I think that was such a no-brainer too. Yeah. Like as much as you love – anybody loves playing the game, Dude. you played 15 already, and you're going to get paid double to still be one of the biggest – You'll be, he'll be more famous. Monday Night Football. And he'll get paid more, and he won't get hit at all. Long like, gravity. Duh. <laughs> like, Correct. No, like – it was such a no-brainer. So this last one in just a little bit. Um, so tears you shed during the video of Justin Thomas helping a fan propose. And normally we don't like those proposal videos at ball games, but this is pretty cool, Unique. I think, because yeah. Thomas actually interacted with this couple versus the number of times you negotiated with your wife about how much longer you could play in your respective leagues, <laughs> something that Tom Brady apparently did with his wife, and they were able Dude, to negotiate two years. Giselle is from Rocky. Like, she's getting really annoying. Yeah. Like, you has got to hang it up and all this crap. Is she doing a blanket? Yeah, she always uh, is. She's always in there. Now, he said he negotiated two more years, so that's what he's basically going to get. You, saw, you just uh, <laughs> But that Justin Thomas Negotiating with my wife exactly. about my goddamn career. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's finish it up with some five-star Q&A. Five-star Q&A. All right, this one from Canton Max 0513 And as always, leave that five-star review in Apple Podcasts. We promise to eventually answer the question. We've been getting some good ones. We want even more. So, hey, guys, just had my first child in early April, Harper. Any advice for the first few months? Also, any good stories about your first children? Um, dude. Dia just turned 11 the other yeah, day. Soak it up. Yeah. Take a lot of pictures, like. 
like let them sleep on your chest, take naps. Like it goes by so fast. Um, and you want like you just want memories, bro. Like enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. naps are critical. Get yeah. to sleep when you can get it. Love on them as much as you can. Uh, it's such a cliche that it goes by fast, but yeah. it absolutely does. And that's, I was trying to think of ways to slow it down. Like you, I mean, you as talk. much as you can, you try to do it. I will say this. I was clueless and I had older sisters. I had a lot of nieces and nephews. So I had a lot of experience holding babies and yeah. like babysitting. I remember my wife and I got home from the hospital. We had the car seat brand new. We yep. like take in my daughter, put her down. And we sit on the couch. And you're like, and we're what? Like, what do we do now? Yeah, <laughs> it was exactly. Like, uh oh. Our- but it, like, you figure it all out. Like, it'll be fine. But it is like it's overwhelming. Our moment sure. was when they strapped him into the car seat, and we were leaving the hospital. And the lady who had been helping us with everything, changing his diaper and everything, yeah. was like, "Yeah, see you guys." <laughs> she doesn't get to come with we're us. Like, what? <laughs> uh, we love talking about that type of stuff. Another parenting question from our guy CB Morning, always coming through for us. So he says, "Me being a dad, what is a good ratio of friend to dad? What's too much. So I think some of the worst parents in the world are the ones that try to be best friends with their kid. Yeah. There's a time to be a dad and there's a time to be a best friend. And that's just a judgment call because you have to have some sort of authority to discipline them, to yep. tell them when they're wrong. And there's going to be time. And I think it's only to get worse for us as our kids get to be teenagers sure. in the next few years. Because my kids still look up to me now like they think I'm this hero. And like they worship everything I do. Right. In about two or three Good years, you, bro. You still gonna, got that? Yeah. In about two to three years, it's going to be, you don't know what you're talking about, dad. So right. I'm soaking that up, but you've got to be ready to stand your ground. Yeah. I agree. I think like my dad and I are really good friends now. My, my dad and I are now are best friends. You're correct. But we had some yes, disagreements. Absolutely. To say the least. I think when they're young, it's important to establish the dad son relationship and there's got to be a, a respect level that you establish and, and, you discipline and stuff like that. And as they start getting older and you've established that, you know, then you can start as they get older, they're going to need some, some kind of friend, not a best friend. That's what those, that's what the kids are for, but he's going to need a friend at home too, or she'll need a friend at home that you can, that, that, that they can talk and open up to about stuff. So I, I agree with you, dude. It's specific to everybody's, yeah. their own family and relationship. Raja's dad's a cool cat. It's My, tough to nice. find a dad yeah. as cool as him. Nice. Yeah, he's a, he's Love a, that guy. Yeah. Arbel. Awesome. Arbel. Hundo, I want to get you involved on this one from Hun Deezy. I listened to your pod. You got a pretty good knowledge of NBA and NBA history. So what NBA players would you not want to run into in a dark alley? He asked for the top five, but just give me a couple. A couple. I'm going to start with a little bit off the radar. There's certain guys everyone says don't mess with, like James Johnson and David West. Yeah. I'm going to throw in Enos Kanta. The guy went against the Turkish government. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. That guy's a beast. He's got yeah. death threats on his life. Yeah. He's, got, he's like, whatever. He, don't, he didn't care either. Yeah. He's still running his mouth on social media. Hey, bro. Against not LeBron allowed too. back to Turkey. Yeah. Would you, would Raja have been on that list when he was playing? Easily. Yeah, right? I mean, you don't want to mess with him in a dark alley. Nah, nah, no, no, I'm, listen, I'm harmless. You're talking about dudes like Charles Oakley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Six, eight, two, fifty. But those guys don't exist anymore. That's true. That's true. So you gotta go. You can go historical with us. Yeah, I'm talking like. In their heyday. Charles Oakley, like. Vernon Maxwell. Vernon Mad Max used to carry a gym bag with his, with his still in the bag. Yeah, to the open gyms. Yeah, used to walk with, with the his work. Tool. Yeah. Um, what about Matt Barnes? And only Matt, for Derek Fisher. Like stature. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Matty was cool. I'm good with Matt. Matt's crazy as hell too. Like, but, but, I was but he's my Matt. size. So like, yeah. I ain't really like, we'll just have Kendrick to do Perkins. what we got to do. Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like how they asked Perk if he needed security to help him walk out the other <laughs> night after Drake. <laughs> uh, Terry Cummings. Like, you remember Terry Cummings? Yeah, big, yeah. big meat hands of a dude like Jerry Sloan. 
Jerry Sloan used to tell us, <laughs> Jerry Sloan used to tell our team that he, he'd fight every one of us. He says, there's only a few of you in here that I wouldn't fight. I got my ice pick in the car. Like he walked around <laughs> with a, like nasty, dirty. I heard he used to bite people like when the, when the old Bulls teams used to play. So Kevin Love's not on your list. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin and I go shopping at like Barney's or something. He's the one like, you who would marry your sister. Yeah, like, <laughs> he one. helped me pick up my wardrobe at Barney's or something. And you don't want to run into the Mars twins because they're, they're, they're down for each other too. So. Yeah, that's true. So we got to find them both. Really true. One, two, three, good luck. One, two, three, good luck. <laughs> All right, so this one is, is just, I think, a little bit of validation for me. Not that I'm a hockey guy, but K. Lewis 083 says, would love some hockey talk to be included in the Boom, show. We gave it to you earlier. Here you go. Um, so this one, going along with the last one, if your chosen sport allowed fighting like hockey, which opponent would you have been likely to drop the gloves against? That's a good one. Um, probably, yeah, Kobe and I would have dropped the gloves. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah. Everybody yeah. kind of knows that. But Manu, I would have liked to, I would have liked to beat Manu's ass. <laughs> I would have liked to whoop his ass because he was just like, he was really good, number one. So there was a level of frustration, but he was dirty. Like, he separated my ribs with a little nasty elbow. He's always acting like you were, like, hitting him when he was hitting you. And so I probably wanted to. I would say there would have to be a rule on this one in football. It'd have to be quarterback specific. Like, you'd only be the other quarterback because I wouldn't want a part of anybody else. Right. And it'd probably kind of similar like Tom Brady. Like, it'd be like this level of somebody needs to punch him in the face, right? right? Like, nobody else is going to do it. I'd love to punch Brady in the face. You're the Boston guy? Not a Pats fan. Really? No. That's That's strange, too. My whole family's (laughs) inside Pats. So, what what, what football team? Giants. There we go. Wait, Danny Cannell fan. Uh, all right, so that's Matty Hundo. Tell us a little bit about your podcast before we shut this thing down. Just have a lot of interesting people on, like Raj. Um, we got some good guests coming up. We got Candace Parker, uh, Reggie Jackson on the Pistons. Yep. Uh, Scooney Penn. Scooney Penn. Who's yeah, playing against Scooney. Yeah, yeah. You have a dream? Dream guest. Wow. Lawrence Taylor. Ooh. Big Giants fan. Yeah, that'd be good. Lawrence Taylor, Larry Bird, you know, yeah, the guys I grew up, like, idolizing. The icons. Yeah. Episodes drop weekly. Every Friday, yep. you'll find keeping it a hundo. Keeping it a hundo. It Riddick a hundo. Bow today. Hundo. Let's there just say Riddick's uh, retirement and post-fight career has not been kind to him. Uh, so it's an awesome. interesting pod. Very cool. Yeah. Check it out for sure. Thanks for joining us, man. It was fun. Thanks yeah, for having me, guys. All right. That's a wrap for us. Everybody have a good weekend. Make sure you go uh, subscribe and download uh, on iTunes. Leave us that five-star review. When you do, leave us a, a question on there. We have to answer them every Friday. And as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Canal and Bell.